You're listening to a sermon by Covenant Church. The Ents are the magical tree people of Middle Earth. You guys know about the Ents? So J.R.R. Tolkien, this is the greatest fantasy novel, a spawn genres and countless novels and novels and novels. Greatest fantasy novel of all time. And the Ents are the magic tree people of Middle Earth. And they live in a beautiful spot. They are created by this goddess to shepherd the trees. And they live in an ancient forest. And actually, their world is mostly safe. Okay? And the hobbits... Okay, those are the views for those of you not quite on board yet. Those are the smaller, other magical, magical people have to wake up the Ents to get them to go to war. And it takes a long time to wake up the Ents. They have an Ent moot. They have this meeting of the Ents and it takes like one whole day. And the hobbits are like, okay, what happened? What's going on? We just said hello. And it's kind of, it takes a lot of work to wake up the Ents. But when the Ents actually see what's happening, when they see what's happening, when the Ents go to war, you know what happens? They throw big rocks. The Ents throw big rocks. We got another slide, I think. I know this is going to deeply bless you in a magical spiritual place. <laughs> when the Ents finally go to war, they throw big rocks. We have one more week of a five-week series. This is a lot of work. We've asked you to wrestle with what God's Word says about money and to actually do something really hard. Change your life. And I've been... Uh, my wife and I have been talking through these passages. We know what we're going to do. But wrestling with it deeply ourselves, changing your life is always hard. Being a disciple of Jesus, it leads to freedom, joy, peace, love. It's a blessing of the world. And also, the things that Jesus asks us to do are challenging, right? And I believe this deep in my soul, that as Covenant Church gets gospel generosity deep in our soul, you know what's going to happen? We're going to throw big rocks. I really believe that. We're actually, by God's grace, going to be able to make a difference to the movement of the gospel in our community, in the region, in the world. I'm really excited about this prayer meeting. So Thursday, we're going to pray and worship. We're going to have three prayer movements. One, we're going to break up into small groups and pray for our community. Pray for people in our lives who don't know Jesus yet. We're going to think about just living this out here in our community. We're going to pray for the work of the gospel in our region. We're going to intercede for the world. Jesus invites us into something really exciting. Amen? He really does. What, even little things, matter forever. The little things that you do for Jesus because you love God. A, a kind word to a neighbor, a coworker. The smallest act of service. Jesus says you'll never lose your reward for that thing. So, Look, this is the reach thing. Um, here, we got, if you want to download the booklet, we have the QR code. Uh, you can do that. So we have these booklets that, were, that we made. And goal one is simply be a disciple. Hey, be a disciple in this area of life. 
And we actually started this series, the first sermon, the Apostle Paul's talking about the grace of God, 2 Corinthians 8. And he mentions, hey, as you're good at these other areas of life, as you've gotten God's grace to study the Bible, as you've learned to pray a little bit, as you've learned to serve a little bit, as you've learned, uh, some of us who are new to this, you've learned to like come to worship the first day of the week. Like, I'm going to make this a building block in my life, worshiping God. The Apostle Paul says, as you're good at this other stuff, excel in this act of grace too, in this area of life, in the area of generosity. Do this as well. And so the first goal is this, be a disciple. What's it look like for you to take a step in obedience and faith? Be a disciple. The second goal is we're trying to raise, by God's grace, an extra $3 million. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Uh, that goal was reached prayerfully. The booklet says the stuff we're going to do. A lot of money is going to go towards funding ministry in our community, in the region, to poverty alleviation, and to stuff all around the world. Uh, we're asking you to, to plan. All the leaders, the elders of the church, are doing this. The deacons have invited in. We're going to go. We're going to go first. We're going we're gonna to do it. And we got these giving cards, right? They're on the Bibles. They're also in the middle of the book. And we're saying, hey, man, make a plan. Generosity is an important thing. It's, it's important enough to plan for. Make a plan. And I get it. Hey, man, we're asking you to do a lot. We're asking you, okay, if you're single, you got to think about, what. hey, what's this mean for my life for this year, the next two years? Can I trust God and be generous in this way? Is God going to take care of me? If you're married, it's the same stuff, but now the only challenge, you and, you and your spouse have to get on the same page, right? You have to make time and talk about it fill out the card and bring it and we're going to have some baskets and while we're singing at the end of the service next week we're going to give these things and in a month we'll allow a couple weeks for uh folks to get them in uh who weren't here but then later in march at the end of march we're going to say here's here's what it is here's how we're going to trust god and this is this is what we're going to do in the next two years um I pray that um, you're excited. So here's how it's different than a building campaign. A building campaign, so you need buildings, right? Like, we, this is, we're glad this is here. We're here, right? Uh, we're not going to be like 14-year-old kids who are really down on their parents because their parents spend so much on utilities. Utilities are so corny, mom and dad, <laughs> while they use them. Like, we're glad the building's here, Okay. We really are, and there's a lot of faith and generosity that produced this. And also, this is a different thing. We're just looking at generosity, and we're looking at different kingdom causes in the world. And we're strategizing together, how can we be generous to those things together? What big rocks could we throw? So, um, look, I want to begin this one of these final sermons just by saying like I get that we're asking for a lot I'm asking you to like wrestle with this take it seriously as a disciple of Jesus uh, fill it out your face 
and wrestling with this. And I know a lot of you have been taking it really seriously. And I know that also you're exercising not only trust in God, but trust in the human imperfect leaders that God has raised up here. Like no human leaders are perfect, but we've obviously, you know, I want you to know, I've been saying this, we prayed about this a lot, about this a lot. We're stepping out in faith with you. We believe in this. And I get that we're asking for trust in God and uh, trust in this plan that it's going to be fruitful. And I believe it's going to be worth it. Like there's, there is something that when God asks us to step out in faith and you do, there's something good that God just does in your soul. Like when you answer the call and the invitation. So that's where we're at. We got an exciting worship and prayer night this Thursday that I pray will be key for the church's future. We're praying big things for the future. This is why we've sought to have this surge of prayer and a prayer team led by Elder Brad Brodingham praying before the first service and after the second service. Let's really pray for our church. Let's pray for the future of the church. Let's pray for kingdom connections. Let's pray for the work of God in our region. Let's pray for other churches. So that's where we're at. So we got that meeting coming up Thursday. And next week, we're going to turn in these cards. And so if you don't want to rip up your book, they're on the Bibles. And uh, I'm just going over it because I want you, by God's grace, to be ready. So here's the recap from last week. Quick recap from last week. We have this on a slide. It's, we had a true principle, you reap what you sow. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And I just want to go over these passages because it sets up the paragraph that I'm about to read. So the Apostle Paul says, giving is sowing, okay? Everything we do for Jesus is going to be unimaginable, be worth it. It's awesome. So he's like, hey, remember that when you sow, uh, all of our giving and serving is sowing. Second point from last week, you need to decide what to give, right? Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And the Apostle Paul says this to a church explicitly. Each one must decide, give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, so this is a personal decision, which is why the first goal of Breach was like, hey man, do the discipleship stuff with Jesus and decide what this means for you. Um, what the Bible does say and does what the New Testament what the New Testament says and does not say about tithing was a point of the sermon last week. If you didn't hear that, I'd invite you to look it up and listen to it. The third thing that the Apostle Paul says is, look, here's a promise. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Listen to verse 8 again. God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And he's saying a lot of things in there. He's saying, like, hey, God's going to care for you. God's going to enable you to, he's going to be there. I mean, the Apostle Paul believes that, and he believes that God is a father who knows what we need. But then he goes on, and this is where we didn't get last week, and this ends 2 Corinthians 9. Okay, It's a long two-chapter section where a church is being 
Second uh, Corinthians eight and Second Corinthians nine, churches being instructed in generosity, and this ends that whole section. Listen to God's word. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of the service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all the others, while they long for you and pray for you because of their surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Amen. This is God's word. All right. So the confidence of generosity, the fruit of generosity, the source of generosity. That's what we're going to talk about. The confidence of generosity, the fruit of it, what it produces, and the source of it. And that's kind of the question. Okay, let's think about what generosity, this is what we're trying to get in our souls. God's generosity, let's have that shape our character, our affections, our prayers. Let's get that in us more. What will that do? If we get gospel generosity in a deeper way, what will it do? First thing is this. Look at the confidence of generosity. He who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Here's what the Apostle Paul thinks. God will give us everything needed. And uh, it doesn't mean God will give us everything needed for you to have the home of your wildest fantasies. Okay? doesn't mean God is going to give us. This is what the Apostle is saying, what he's not saying. He's not saying, as you're generous, you know, you're just going to have millions and millions of more dollars. He says God is going give, to give us everything needed to be generous. Uh, to be generous in every way. And when you're generous, it's an opportunity for God to show up. I mean, talk to someone who's been generous in giving and just say like, well, and how did God take care of you? Just open the door for some stories because there's a lot of people in this church who just, that's their, that's their story. Hey, I stepped out and was generous with what God gave me and lo and behold, God took care of me in some surprising ways. And God just showed up. And God is a father who knows what you need and knows how many hairs are on your head. And he has you and you're not alone. Uh, There are good promises around that. And the apostle Paul says, look, God is going to give you everything needed to be generous. Uh, He's going to supply the seed, the one who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, He's going to show up and get your back. And the increase, what's increased is the harvest of your righteousness. He means character and fruit of the Spirit, like actually becoming a person who's filled with more faith and love and generosity and joy and giving. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. 
and you want to know some of that, give. Um, the harvest of righteousness, like our character is going to be different. But we're going to know the joy and the peace of that. Let's look at this verse 11. You will be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. We actually have a slide for this. What does enriched in every way mean? It means both the material provision, the stuff. He's like, you're going to have stuff to give. I think God's going to enrich you in every way. You're going to have, like God's going to show up. But it's also the heart to be generous. And you need both things. You need to like, okay, here's the stuff that God's made you in charge of. God's given you what you have. But a lot of times where we get tripped up, and this is actually, this has been the invitation to seek the grace of God for this, the heart. Let's seek to be enriched by God with hearts to be generous. Someone can have the stuff, like, wow, you have a lot of stuff. You could be really generous, but not have the heart from God to share it. Which the Bible teaches is the fruit of grace, God's grace in your life. Like the grace of God. Seek this grace of God. God, give me the grace of a heart that's generous. Be enriched in every way. Have you been enriched in this way? Okay, that's, that's a way homer. I want you to wrestle with this on the way home. Have you been enriched by God with a heart to be generous? Maybe that's what you should seek from him. Like, do I have a generous heart that's ready to share? And wrestle with that, pray about that, and seek to take steps of obedience and faith. Being rich in every way is both the stuff to be generous with and the heart to do it. And look at the fruit. Look at the fruit of this. And I, Paul's vision casting for them, okay? Because he wants them to know how much it's going to matter. Look at the fruit of generosity. Look at the end of verse 11. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And then he just riffs on that. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By the approval of this service, this will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of their surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Uh, do you see the uh, words that are repeated here? Generosity is repeated again and again. And the grace of God. The grace of God, the surpassing grace of God upon you is producing generosity, which is the ministry of the service. Okay, at the top of verse 12, the ministry of the service uh, supplies the needs of the saints. And just to remind you, there's a famine in Jerusalem and Judea. Okay, so some people really do need food. They're going to die without food. And what Paul does, motivation-wise, he's like, look, you doing this ministry, it's going to supply needs. People are going to have food to eat. And also... It's going to overflow with many thanksgivings to God. It's going to meet real needs and produce a lot of thanksgivings to God. 
The Reach book, hey man, it has some real needs. There's poverty in our region, not just on the other side of the world. There's people that die because they don't have clean water to drink, which is crazy. I went to a village that the church I happened to be pastoring at the time, we had funded a well in that uh, village. I just wanted to go there and see it. I wasn't, like you're not, I'm not looking to be like welcomed like some hero. What happened was the whole region came out to thank the people from the church who made the clean water happen. Uh, Who dies from lack of clean water? Little kids and the elderly. And when you see it, you, you get a little angry that that still happens. And you're also like stirred to action. Like, what could we do? Um, by God's grace, we're going to give, I think it's like $24,000 this year. It was a third of the Christmas Eve offering. It was money we're going to give anyway. We're going to give $24,000 to that. If this reach thing is really fruitful, we're going to throw some more big rocks at that. It matters. So supplying the needs of the saints, it's not a throwaway, okay? But also, it overflows in many Thanksgiving, Thanksgivings to God. When I became one of the pastors of this church, um, Bruce Finn was like, hey, I need to introduce you to Beth Knapp, who is legendary here. She's a missionary with Wycliffe Bible Translators. She's been translating the Bible in Central African Republic leading teams of translators who are bringing the Bible who don't have the Bible in their language. And she's, this church has supported her longer than it has any other ministry. We're totally behind her. We love her. We believe in her ministry. You need, you need to know about her. So it's been a real joy getting to know her. This is what she emailed me Friday. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. He's actually thanking Philippi for their support. They actually sent him a monetary gift when he was in prison. Um, prison in the ancient world is a BYOB type situation. Bring your own food, bring your own everything. And so they sent him a gift and he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Beth Knapp quotes that and then this is what she says. This is how I feel about you at Covenant Church. The Lord has blessed me, met my needs in large part due to your amazing partnership with me over the past 25 years. So you've made my Wycliffe ministry a priority and have faithfully supported me through your generous gifts and prayers and encouragement. I can only pour out praise and thanksgiving to God when I think of you, my friends. Um, last time she was here, um, like what, what happened? You, so many people in this church know her. It's like, oh, Beth's here. And then I took her to lunch. Uh, What's this? It's in 2 Corinthians 9. She's overflowing with thanksgiving to God for the generosity of coming to church. Praise God. What does generosity do? It meets needs that are real and also results in thanksgiving. Hey, there's a church to plant. I'm curious about how, you know, what's going to be written down on these little pieces of paper we got on top of the Bible and the, that we've given you the book because there's stuff to do. 
There's stuff to do. Jeff Coyos want to plant that church. Uh, let's do that. Let's send them out. Let's get behind them. That would supply the needs of the saints. And yes, overflow with many thanksgivings, thanksgivings to God. Look at verse 13 for a second. Look at verse 13. I think we have a slide for this. By their approval of the service, they will glorify God. Because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. So think about the words here. What does that mean? They will glorify God for the reality of your faith and the generosity towards them and everyone. And also, bonus, there's prayer towards you. Look, for the reality of the faith, because of your submission that comes from the confession of the gospel of Christ. Here's what we say. What are we saying? I will build my life upon your love. I will trust in you. And that's my sure foundation. How we're generous or not shows whether we really believe that. Right? And when people are on the receiving end of powerful generosity, they're like, those people actually believe what they say. They don't just talk about actually really trusting God. They really trust God because look how crazy generous they are. And that makes them glorify God. Uh, Joe Marlin sent me a text. I, 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 so, Joe Marlin is a church planner that you guys supported. Covenant Church got big up behind uh, Doug Logan, who planted in Camden, New Jersey. Joe Marlin happened to be uh, a teenage guy I led to Christ when he was 16 years old. And he became a pastor at a Liberty Church. He was later with Doug. Before I was here, Covenant Church got behind him. And in 2022, we actually gave that church 20 grand towards buying and renovating a building. And here's, let me just tell you a little bit about Joe Marlin's ministry, okay? Um, and this was, Bruce Finn set this up and said, hey, this is a guy that we just need to get behind. This is a guy starting a church. And one amazing stat from Joe's ministry, he did more funerals in the first ten, two years of his church plant than I did in 15 years. Why was that? Because so many people were ODing. And also, every time I go there, everyone's been a Christian. You meet all these people who have been a Christian for like two months, last week, a year and a half ago, two years ago. People are getting saved by Jesus there. They have a really powerful addiction ministry. We have addiction ministry here too. That stuff is everywhere, okay? Um, every church needs addiction ministry, no matter what kind of neighborhood you're in. But uh, in this blue-collar community of Gloucester City, the uh, opiate epidemic was a big, big deal. And he texted me this. He's like, hey, Covenant was, quote, not just generous in pocket, but folks opened up homes and created opportunities for fellowship, especially for my wife. Not that, not that long ago, 
and a time she really needed it, and it has meant everything. Through your partnership, we are able to keep marching on, so we don't always know where God will send the raven and the manna. But all this has helped me keep in ministry fully focused on a kingdom work that is bearing fruit where people are getting saved, being set free, and becoming family. I just want you to share that joy down here that we have at Epiphany Church of Gloucester City. They're, they're grateful for us. Uh, by God's grace, by God's grace, they're grateful for us. Let's pray for more of that. You know, here's the joy of getting to be a part of like helping churches to start and giving to people with real needs. They're grateful. They praise God. They're grateful for you. They love God and love you for it. They pray for you. You have a bond with them. You know, Joe Marlowe walks around Gloucester City saying, hey, this church showed up when my wife really needed some friends. And the, the church that he was planted by was a big-time partner of Covenant. Generosity is really fruitful. Here's the source of generosity. Here's the source. What's the source of it? The surpassing grace of God upon you. The Apostle Paul ends this section, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Okay, uh, the gospel of Jesus is that God in grace gave us what we haven't deserved. So God was generous to us, right? That's the whole thing. We were in desperate need and God sent Jesus. That's the gospel. Uh, Jesus lived the life we were supposed to live, died the death we deserved. Jesus died for our sins, was risen from the, is risen from the grave. He lives. We're made new in him and through him. What he does counts for us. That's the gospel. We get grace. We get what we don't deserve. The gospel of Jesus is that we need the grace of God. God's generous. The rhythm of discipleship and generosity is an opportunity to be like God. Hey, let's be generous like God is generous. God's been generous to us. Let's be generous to people. That's what it is. And when we do that, it's actually God's grace working in us and through us, which is why the Apostle Paul says, look, look at the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. What's the inexpressible gift? I think it's the number one Sunday school answer of all time, right? It's Jesus, right? It's Jesus. We know the answer is Jesus. I think he's also saying, hey, thanks be to God. He just has a lot of joy as he writes, wraps up this chapter because of what God sweeps us into. God makes us part of what he's doing in the world. Uh, what could be cooler? God is generous with us. He gives us grace that we would be like him. So wrestle with that this week. Where do you need to seek the grace of God? Maybe it is you're really worried about the future. So my wife and I, uh, we know what we're going to do. And, but in our conversation, you know, we know what we're committing to and we're going to, with joy, go first. But in the conversation, she's like, hey, to me, I need to trust, this is where I need grace, to trust God with this big thing that's in the future. 
to trust. Okay, that means we're trusting God while we still have a kid in college. It means we're trusting God. I'm, I'm concerned about this need that's going to come up in about a year and a half. It means we have to trust God for that. We have to seek grace to trust him for future things. Where do we need to trust God for grace and our anxiety, our fear? Where do we need just God's grace to be generous? Let's trust him for it. Let's believe the gospel. Let's take steps in gospel generosity. And I pray and expect we're going to be able to throw big rocks together. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Um, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your generosity to us. We thank you for your kindness, your generosity to us. Father, we thank you for the generous gift of Jesus. We pray that we would be generous because you have been generous with us. Lord, grow this in us. We pray we grow as your disciples. We pray that you would lead us as a church as we commit all this to you. And we pray you'd feed us at your table. Lord, we love you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Feel free to connect with us on our website at covenantsoilstown.org to watch live on Sunday mornings. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. 